Hey, Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, Ralph. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Well, for the last few weeks, we've been uh, talking about aspects of positive psychology, right? Right. And uh, we've covered some, but not all the aspects. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, today, um, Sheila mentioned something that's kind of uh, interesting. Maybe she'll come back and talk to us about it. There's a, a new word that's being coined. And uh, remember we were talking about compassion? Right. Okay, the new word is come joy. Come joy. Okay. okay. So not just a passion for something, but a joy that you would actually um, uh, uh, set out every day to, um, to, to kind of articulate. And so she'll ask me, well, what's your joy, Jim? What's a joy for you? And I said, well, coming to the studio with Ralph uh, drinking coffee and eating sugary donuts is uh, something that you know is a joyful thing for a Friday. Yeah, so yeah. We'll uh, we'll see what she has to say about calm joy yeah, at some point yeah. in time in the future. You know, it's funny. We have a guest today. We have Arouk again, uh, who's been on with us before, and yeah. I was Hi, telling Arouk. him uh, about uh, some of the uh, cartoons in the uh, the newspaper today, and there's one of them that really strikes me with the idea of calm joy. And, oh, which one's that? Well, that's one that uh, was a comic strip called Pearls Before Swine, and in it, uh, Rat, who is always down and, and uh, usually has an ugly mood, uh, he says to... Uh, to the goat, he says, uh, I'm sick and tired of uh, all these idiots who bug me. And goat says, you know, you are responsible for your own happiness. And rat says, what idiot came up with that rule? And goat says, I rest my case. <laughs> hmm. Well, you told a couple of jokes uh, uh, early on here too, Ralph. I'm not sure I got any of them, and I'm not sure I got that one either. But <laughs> one of the things that uh, we were talking about was positive psychology and positive stuff. There's been enough negative stuff going around, including here in Michigan uh, recently. But uh, someone, I was talking with the Rook the other day. I said, "Hey, can you uh, can you bring some uh, uh, positive stuff to the table here?" as we uh, do our podcast. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I can even uh, uh, you know, talk to you about how a human being could become a solar system. And I said, what? <laughs> don't tell me. And then you're going you're gonna, to, yeah, don't leave it in the, the locker room. You're going to tell me yes, today. So, yes. Arup, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. It's a great joy to be here and chop it up with you men. And uh, let's do it. Let's solve some problems today. Let's have some fun. Okay. So, what have you been up to in the last... Uh, last why? I've been breathing a lot. I've been consuming oxygen. I've been working with kids. My wife and I are on the precipice of 27 years of marriage. Now I know that is uh, kind of small in comparison to you men and, and what you've done. But, you know, 27 years of marriage is a magnificent feat for me. I just remember that like it was yesterday when we got married. Okay. And yeah. And, uh, and what were you wearing the day that you got married? Ah, ha, ha. I was wearing my dress blues. I was in the United States Navy. Aha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you've been 
living, you've been breathing oxygen, you've, yes. uh, uh, you haven't lost any weight, I mean, you haven't gained a lot, but uh, for our, our listeners, uh, Aruk looks a lot like the guy in the Mr. Clean commercials uh, from, from the 50s or 60s, he's huge, and he's about, you know, you're in you know, my, my uh, uh, office chair, and you barely fit. <laughs> you were and that, big. ladies and gentlemen, I hasten to add, is not fat. That is pretty solid, muscular build. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Okay, so you're a physical, a good specimen. Hey, you're breathing oxygen. Hey, married 27 years. Hey, what else is new today? You know, I've been doing a lot of research. and. Okay. What I found is that our planet has a lot of different things going on. And when I say that, I don't mean in the sense of, of climate change. I mean that there are a lot of ideologies. There are a lot of dogmas out there. And I came up with the idea that sometimes we need to escape from the dogma. We need to escape from the ideology. We need to escape from the violence. Mm -hmm. Why not start our own solar system? And in the solar system, something has to give off light. Something has to give off truth. Something has to give off safety. And so what the first thing we could do is make our brains a planet. P-L-A-N-I-T. Plan. Plan. It. It. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So we're going to plan... Uh... Plan our, our what? Plan our brain activity. Plan our brain activity. Plan okay. our lives. Okay. Plan our destinies. Plan our families. And why will we do that? Because if you don't plan your brain, somebody else will. You know, that's an excellent point. Um, I saw a client yesterday, and um, this uh, child is in sixth grade. Okay. And so I asked them, what... Uh, what would you like to study in college? You know, this kid is bright, mm -hmm. and so I th he said, yeah, they say I should go to college. I said, what would you like to, to study? And he said, he says, I'm not a big plan guy. Mm. Well, as you point out, if you don't plan it, someone's going to plan it for you. Someone else is going to plan yeah. it for you. And they, that's a great point. And on your planet, you get a chance to discover your worth. You get a chance to create your worth. Again, let's go with that adage that I just said. If you don't create your worth, someone else is going to create it for you. And their worth for you might be worth you building their worth. So if we don't create worth for ourselves, mm -hmm. someone will create our worth for us. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ralph, do you have any comments on that? Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to something that I said in one of my classes, and this, this goes back two ice ages ago, but I was talking to some students and they were, they were talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, the virtue of spontaneity and, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to plan everything and think everything out. You can just be spontaneous and have fun. And I said, well, you know, having fun doesn't necessarily uh, go hand in hand with spontaneity. But I said, the thing is, if you don't know where you're going, people will tell you, if you don't know where you're going, you won't end up. You'll, you won't go anywhere. And I said, the, the truth is that if you don't know where you're going, you will go someplace. Yeah. You will have an ending. 
you just won't have any control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you won't know where you're going, uh, but you'll get there. You'll get there, yeah. Mm -hmm. And whether you get there in some way that makes you satisfied with the 80,000 hours that is the average time that somebody spends working through a working lifetime, or unsatisfied, that depends on you. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. You know, there's something to consider. Uh, I just read a series of articles that talked about the decline in testosterone in men. Also, the decline in the sperm count of men. Since 1971, the testosterone in men has gone down uh, significantly by about 50%. And also, the sperm count in men have, has gone down 50%. Now, okay, the same, what's, the, what's the implication of this? Well, the <laughs> there are a lot of implications. Uh, the typical characteristics that a man has from high levels of testosterone are not there anymore. For example, there was one cartoon that showed a man in 1971 in his 40s, very, very lean, very fit, very muscular. Then it showed another man in his 40s in 2021, the complete opposite, back hunched over, uh, somewhat uh, heavy in the midriff, and looking depressed. So the article has indicated that 1% per year has been the steady rate of decline in sperm count. Huh. So that's how you get the 50%, 1% yeah. a year yeah. since 1971. Okay. And are there some psychological implications. Does yes. this mean that our uh, that we men are now more sensitive or uh, you know, we're, we're getting in touch with our feminine side or are we just becoming wimps? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> yes, all three. And what's the ramification of that? Uh, the big one is there has been a significantly decl significant decline in birth rates and families. Because one of the things that men did, as they felt like a man, they went out and, you know, properly engaged in relationships with a woman mm -hmm. and got married and respectfully had kids. So since the 1970s, the birth rate has gone down and also marriage has gone down. Now, what's contradictory to that, I shouldn't say contradictory to that, what's uh, just opposite of that is miscarriages have gone up. Hmm. Okay? And abortions have gone up as well. Okay. So you're seeing a decline in testosterone, a decline in sperm count, a decline in families, and a decline in children being born. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing an incline in abortions, an incline in miscarriages. Which so they, Well, I can see about... Uh, abortions, you know, that's a, a man-made phenomenon, but the miscarriages, are you saying maybe that's a result of um, an egg and a sperm, uh, or an egg being fertilized by a less than mature sperm? Well, with, with respect to the science and with respect to dialogue that needs to go beyond our, our time frame, we can put a little common sense to this and say, somebody's planning something. Okay. Yeah. When you look at the the statistics, you can say something's wrong here. Yeah. Right? Now, notice what we talked about at the very beginning. Planning. Plan it. And, and you plan it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, Ralph, you said, you came across some students that said, hey, I like spontaneity. I don't like planning. 
Yeah. I'm not really interested in planning right now. Maybe I plan sometimes. Maybe I don't. My point in saying that is somebody's planning something for us. Okay. So if we don't plan, their plan will win out. Okay. So how do we plan? Well, number one, you create your own imaginary solar system. You can go to my website, chillhill.com, and I call it Planet Chill Hill. Chill Hill. Planet Chill Hill. Yes. C H I L L H E A L. Where you chill and you heal from the stuff that's killing you on this planet. Okay. Right? Okay. Makes sense? So that's mm-hmm. where you go and chill and heal. And you're going to send me that link and I'll put it up on there to learn more. I'll send you that link. Okay. And I have a variety of books there that help you chill and heal. Let me talk about the first one and why. Veggies are vital, cutting back on that junky junk. We've talked about this. We've before. talked about yeah. that one. It's yeah. and, and what we've indicated was that every plant that's edible, every fruit and vegetable looks just like a part of the human body. So yeah. tomatoes look like the heart. Cauliflower looks just like... Uh, the white blood cell, the walnut looks like the brain. Mm-hmm. This uh, phenomenon is telling us that these foods are designed for our body, but we have a problem. Someone else is planting something. Now you have something called GMO seeds, and they're specifically modified to handle weed killer, yeah, a right. chemical, right? Mm-hmm. So the seed has been genetically modified from its natural form to be able to withstand a weed killer. So now, since that particular weed killer is out, which I won't mention right now, we have noticed a significant incline in autism rates. Back in 1970, it was one in 5,000. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, in 2021, it's one in 33. Yeah, yeah. One and, in 33. One in 33. Last and then I looked, it was one in 67, but I can believe that. One yeah. in 33. One in 33. Also, yeah. Now, the, the thing is, it's being projected to be one in three by the year 2030, I think 2031. Yeah, so like what that. does that mean? What does that mean? It means that the three people are in the studio right now, and one of those, one be, of those was going to be, yeah. Yes, I, yes. Yeah. And so what's the significance of that? The economic model showed that this country cannot sustain a one in three autism rate. I believe that. It's right, because very now, expensive. It's, exactly, exactly. And they, too, even though bless their hearts, bless their souls, they typically do not go into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Right. See what I'm saying? So what's the point in all of that? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you say something, Ralph. You it, I just, you know, I want to... Um, because some of our readers might be saying, well, or our listeners might be saying, well, there's possible confounds here. Mm-hmm. Do you, how much of that is due to better testing for autism and how much of it is just increase in numbers? Do you know, we, can we tease that out? You know, that's a great question because the individuals that I've been researching and talking about with that, they brought that up. They say, hey, maybe the testing modalities were not uh, sophisticated enough back in the 70s. And what they came across was the reality that you can't miss autism. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they know the signs, they know it, they know the science. But one thing that they said that we're not misdiagnosing, I'm sorry, we're not misdiagnosing this. What's happening is we have a agricultural system that is using chemical-based fertilizers that's breaking down the foundational technology in the food. And when that food is consumed by us, 
it's not nourishing us properly and it's causing autoimmune disease. That's why you see an increase in Crohn's disease. That's why you see an increase in obesity. That's why you see an increase in autism and you see an increase in other autoimmune deficiency or autoimmune diseases. They're relating it back to our agriculture. Now, yeah. why is that important? How does this come into a positive aspect? Because, hey, somebody's planning something. Okay. And if they're planning, then we need to counter plan. So a counter plan here, just uh, naively, would be to uh, avoid uh, foods that have been made from GMO uh, uh, well, materials. Yeah, now that's just like climbing Mount Everest. You can do it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. But that's why I wrote the book, Veggies Are Vital, mm -hmm. Cutting Back on the Junkie Junk, because mm -hmm. that book teaches you the importance of vegetables and fruits. Then it also shows you the super fruits and vegetables that can heal you. Then it also shows you how you can grow a garden and start planting your foods you sound so like, it can heal you. You sound like Sheila. Sheila's going to like this uh, hey, podcast. That's, that's what we got to do. That's what she's been, uh, been promoting around the Carol household that's you know, so that's watch just, watch yeah. those gmo foods yeah. and we have a, a store a big box store in this town that has lots and lots of non-gmo foods yeah yeah, yeah we do yeah so and you all, know to all be, these we can mention it what the heck to be fair about it um the price is somewhat higher than standard mass-produced food which does have um, agricultural, uh, what do you call it, technology involved, but it's not that much more expensive. Yeah. That you you say, well, you know, I'm not part of the one percent. I can't afford this stuff. Well, you can. Yeah. Well, look, let's think about that for a second. Can't afford it. We're talking about basic, consumable, organic foods. Mm -hmm. That don't have chemicals on them. Don't have bad why? Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why should that be more expensive? Uh, if it's if historically it's been what you know humans have lived off of, mm -hmm. why should just basic food that doesn't have chemicals on it be more expensive? Supply well, and demand. There's more yeah. food with the chemicals. There's more food with the chemicals. Now that's a good question. Why? Is there more food with chemicals? Because uh, I, as a farmer, uh, don't want to get out there and do a lot of uh, weeding. I want my garden to take care of itself. You know, over the history of man, men have always found a way mm -hmm. to get rid of weeds without chemicals. Okay. So why do why is there such a need for chemicals now? You're going to answer that <laughs> because someone out there has a plan to actually negatively impact the global population. Okay. And now we're starting to talk about plutocracy. Okay, and now we're getting away from this positive stuff that you said <laughs> you were gonna to bring to the table here. Well, we're, and we're, we're, we're not going conspiracy today. No, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, you know, kind of to support Arouk's point, uh, we can see, uh, you know, in the industrialized West, we could see this conspiracy, uh, this agricultural uh, technology succeeding. But one of the interesting things is in India, historically one of the poorest countries of the world, uh, the population is beginning now to decline. Mm. 
So, you know, if we're looking at shrinking the global population, uh, whether it's through technology uh, in agriculture or through any other thing, uh, we're starting to see China and India, our two biggest uh, population groups, shrinking. Mm. Not dramatically just yet, but, you know, they're tending to, to fall down. So one of the things I think with testosterone, uh, if that is, uh, as that falls, uh, one of the things that might be a factor in that is uh, people are sitting more. That's a, that's a good point. That's a, the research, and people can take uh, this with a grain of salt, if you will, and go do your own research. I'm going to challenge everyone out there. Don't take my word for it. Just use what I'm saying as something to trigger thought and do your own research. I brought up testosterone and the miscarriages for a reason. Because over 20 years of research has gone into phthalates and their effect on the decline of testosterone and the incline of miscarriages. Phthalates, P-H-A. L-A-T-E-S, phthalates. And what are phthalates? Phthalates are chemicals in uh, the plastics that we use. I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Plastics as well as chemicals. Okay, so that's where phthalates come from. Okay. So let's think about this. The plastics is kind of interesting because today a report came out, it was uh, uh, sponsored by Congress, that says that we... Uh, uh, Americans, that's every uh, 370 million of us, consume and and get rid of uh, what was it? 287 pounds of plastic per year, mm. and per, per person. Per person, yeah. And they're talking about then this plastic, you know, being found all over the place, including fish and, and birds, and mm -hmm. you, know, mm -hmm. you know, birds getting tangled up in it. Maybe we can find a, a thing about that. And, I, th I think having a session completely dedicated to phthalates and the negative impact, negative impact that it has on body technology is huge. That's why I have a book called Protect Your Body Technology. Again, it's on my website. Okay. We have to protect our body technology. And that Go website ahead. again is? ChillHeal.com. ChillHeal. Yeah, ChillHeal. Yeah. C-H-I-L-L-H-E-A-L.com. Okay. All my books are there to protect you help protect you rather from these type of negative impacts that are going on in our communities and in our, our global uh, aspect. Yeah. Now it, it's an interesting thing uh, being uh, you know a couple of ice ages old I go back to when when you went to a fast food restaurant uh, you got a burger that was wrapped in paper mm -hmm. was put in a plastic bag or a, a paper, paper, bag, paper bag, and you took it away, and the paper was all recyclable. But now, I, my wife and I were down in Lansing yesterday. She had to go down and pick up some records from her eye doctor, and uh, we had lunch, and she took a, a take-home, uh, you know, asked for a, a take-home box, and they gave her uh, quite an elegant plastic box 
mm. with a plastic lid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, that just is an example of the widespread dissemination of plastics, which are perceived as clean and uh, easy and more attractive than dumping stuff in a, in a big paper bag. Mm -hmm. And, and so we look at that and we say, you know, uh, everything's plastic now. Yeah. yeah. There was a study done on milk back in the day. Let's say you had the, the, the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, probably even in the 70s. Milk came in glass jars. You remember that. I don't have to tell you that. Yeah, I remember. And it was mostly hand expressed. Now with the implementation of these farms, with the the different uh, uh, robotic type of yeah, milking instruments, machines. yeah, milking yeah. machines right. that go on there, they contain a lot of plastic, which those plastics contain phthalates, and so they're now finding phthalates in milk, and milk goes to children. Children mm -hmm. consume more phthalates. It's doing something to their testosterone and also estrogen as well. So these things are called endocrine disturbing chemicals, EDCs. So what they're doing is they're disrupting our hormones. Now, when your hormones get disrupted, especially if you're a male, you start to gain weight easier. You typically start to have more depression because testosterone makes you more focused, more focused, more energetic, more alive, more vigorous. Less testosterone you have, more depression, more anxiety. What are we seeing in people today? Depression, more depression, anxiety. and anxiety. Okay. Exactly. So let's go back to my original thought creating your own planet, your brain. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't plan these things out, if we don't take charge, someone else will with their systemic uh, uh, phthalate system, with their systemic uh, agricultural system. You see these things? So I want to be positive, but in order to be positive, you got to address the negative. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. You know, um, in our high-tech studio here, we've got uh, three computers. One of them is uh, recording, but you know, we can look up all sorts of things as we go Good. along here. Yeah. And I took a look at uh, the th three um, uh, greatest population decline countries, Bulgaria, Lithuania, and another <laughs> mid-European uh, uh, mid country. And they're saying it's down by about 22%. Mm. Yeah. And another one that's kind of... Um, uh, chilling here is the United States, and by 2040, you'll be around a rook. Ralph and I probably won't be. I don't know. But, I'm planning uh, to live forever. Yeah, forever. well, that's true yeah. too. Right? Okay. Um, it's, you're on the internet now. You will live forever. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, they're saying a 44 uh, percent drop. I think that's what I read at least. But a big drop in the United States. Yeah. Huh? Now, what's interesting about that? Jim, and this is a whole different conversation, which we won't get deeply into right now, but uh, the um, thing that you can say about that decline in the U.S. population is it is happening to primarily white urban populations. Mm -hmm. uh, Hispanics, much less so. Blacks, less so. So, you know, we're looking at um, the, quote, uh, top echelon, and, and I use that only in terms of numbers, uh, that are declining the most. 
Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's that's what one of the websites that I went to said. And it's kind of interesting. They said that one thing that was linked to population decline is moving to cities, urban areas. Yeah. You have any idea about that, Arook? So I, I want to make sure that that the information we're getting is not off of Fred Flintstone tablets. I want to make sure we. <laughs> so yes, population is declining in multiple ways. In the inner city, there is a killing machine that's happening with music. Uh, a lot of music is teaching a lot of young men to kill each other. So I just want to throw that on the table. Okay. Uh, and and the declining population of everyone needs to be addressed. Okay, now but, you mentioned music, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but we should mention to our listeners that you have a uh, music channel, right? I, I do. I have music on my website as well, and I call it uh, Chill Hill Music. It's a new genre of music that I've created. Mm -hmm. Beats that chill, lyrics that heal. Okay. Music is designed to heal you, not kill you. Music is designed to thrill you, not kill you. Music is designed to give you peace of mind. And a lot of music today is causing more and more depression. So that's just one aspect. But you asked me something earlier, and I, and I want to address that. Uh, the There is a reality of plutocracy, and that's people who have a lot of money want to control the world. And through technology, they want to control money, they want to control people and the resources as well. And I call those people plutocrats. Actually, I don't call them plutocrats. That is the name of a plutocrat. It's someone who is wealthy who wants to rule, and they govern by wealth. And they, they have what's called smarmy, uh, uh, the smarmy ideas. Smarmy means they come across as good for you. They come across as wholesome. They come across as beneficial when in fact they are not. So you have smarmy world economic forums, smarmy billionaire clubs, smarmy global resets, smarmy agendas. And their goal is to create what I call, and this, this, is, this is reality, this is why we have to have our own planet and we have to be in our own solar system just kind of metaphorically they want to create a satanic planet where the population has little to no value and they control most of the resources now i know that is quite a a mouthful yeah it's quite an earful too. it's quite a mouthful or quite an earful there can be misinformation on why the global population is going down people say moving into cities that's not it Okay. It's interesting to note that they never mention in that article poor agriculture, genetically modified organisms, decrease in testosterone, um, also uh, opioid addiction. We just hit over 100,000 people who died from opioids this year. In that article, that wasn't mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that's how you know when something is smarmy. When it starts to exclude some of the real evidence, it starts to exclude some of the real facts. Okay, so that's something to think. Proof by selected, uh, in, you know, in selecting the information. Yes, selective yeah. information. Yeah, and, and, and here's a here's another thing. When you uh, when you talk about your book, veggies are vital. Uh, one of the things that is historically true is that 
people who are living in the most inner city locations, which uh, we have to face the reality that that is camp for people who are people of color, uh, they generally don't have access to uh, grocery stores which give them a selection of uh, fresh vegetables and fruit, uh, let, let alone organic fresh vegetables and fruit. So they are the people who are most likely to be consuming the most GMO uh, packaged material. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. There's a study that was done out in California in one of the richest counties out there, and they had, guess what, the lowest cases of autism amongst the American population. Now, why is that? Okay. All right, because they're able to consume, they're able to purchase more wholesome organic foods. Yeah, well, there's something else there, too, because I know that study. That was done, or targeted, um, Loma Linda, California. That's the, and you know what we have in Loma Linda, California? What's that? We have a very high rate of um, uh, Seventh-day Adventists mm. who eat fantastically healthy. Wow. Now, there are a couple of other places that have had this uh, as well. One, one uh, place in uh, the, uh, oh, it's near Hungary, up in the steppes, uh, and another place near Mongolia. Now, they don't mm -hmm. have Seventh-day Adventists there, but they have... You know, people who are eating a very, what, uh, plant-based diet, little in the way of meats, little in the way of dairy, uh, and they're, they're living to, uh, well, you're going to live forever, Ralph. Well, these people are living into their 90s and 100s without any problem at all. Yeah, and, you know... Uh, so it's I'm lifestyle not, partially, too. I'm not going to see it, Jim, but there there is... Uh, uh, fairly large body and a growing body of scientific evidence now that says that uh, human beings can live and should live to be over 150. <laughs> all right. Uh, but there are all kinds of things that are holding us down. I believe that. Cancer is one and heart disease is the other. Well, heart disease can be... Uh, very closely linked to diet and cancer uh, if we remove from our society the plastics mm -hmm. the um, gas and oil residues mm -hmm. uh, the exhausts uh, you know you you could expect to see a, uh, an extension in life's uh, life longevity and in that case, they wouldn't surprise me that people in Hungary and people in Mongolia would be um, would be living longer. I, I think that's right on point. I, I think we can live old. Biblically, uh, people lived older significantly. Methuselah, God, but, uh, <laughs> he was, he was not, right up there. Nine hundred sixty-nine years old, Methuselah. Okay. So here's one concept I want to leave you with as we conclude. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe, you know who she is. She's the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uncle, Uncle Tom's Cabin, right. exactly. And her book was a very profound book. She did some research and she interviewed uh, some individuals, particularly a, a man by the name of Josiah Hansen. And in the book, she named him Uncle Tom. Oh, okay. And he was a very powerful man in that era, and he 
did amazing things. And she discussed his life and the things and the circumstances surrounding his life and slavery. Her rationale for writing that book was incredible. She said she felt like that was her job on earth. Now, when I heard that, it got my attention because for the last two years, I've been telling people, you have a specific purpose on this earth. Everyone has a purpose on this earth. Before they left heaven, when they, was, when they were residing with Father in heaven, he charged them with something special to do, amongst many great things, but something very specific and very special. So Harriet Beecher Stowe's story is very interesting, and I'll close it with this. She said that was her job on this earth to write this book. That book sold more copies in its time than the Bible. Wow. At that time. You know, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I think it was second only to the Bible. Okay. It was one of them. It was right there neck and neck. If it was a race, it was a, a, a second off. But my point in telling that is people became aroused about the realities of slavery to the point to where even President Abraham Lincoln met Harriet Beecher Stowe and said, so you're the lady who started this war. And he didn't say it in a negative sense. Her book aroused so much passion to eliminate slavery that there became a national debate. It was already brewing under the, the rug, if you will, but then it began to blow up. My point in telling that is Harriet Beecher Stowe lived her purpose on earth. Each one of us have a purpose. I'm sorry. Each one of us has a purpose on earth. I wrote a book called Chill Hill Skills, and that book helps you define your purpose on this earth. If you don't plan your purpose on this earth, someone else will hijack your plan for you and make your plan their plan. That's why it's so important to make your brain a planet. Develop your own little solar system uh, coming up Monday, which I think will be the 8th of December. I will have a variety of, of planets you can print out and hang on your wall Six. and so forth. I'm sorry, the 6th. The 6th, I'm sorry. The 6th is Monday, 6th of December, 2021. I will have a variety of, of uh, pages you can print out and hang on your wall and create your metaphorical solar system. I would like to be a planet in your solar system. And it is Planet Chill Hill. You can go to chillhill.com and get all my books, reference them. They're about 50 pages a piece. They're mostly pictures. Every family should read them and spend about 10 minutes reading a day, whether you're by yourself with your husband and wife, or whether you're with children. I will digress by saying it is a pleasure to be on this show and share these types of things, but we have to realize that if we don't plan for ourselves, someone else will plan for us and oftentimes create things for us that aren't consistent with our purpose and our nature. I digress. Well, Arouk, it's been a pleasure having you on again. And uh, as we say goodbye, I just want to say thanks to you and uh, say to Jim, uh, 
Hey, it's time to close our broadcast for today. Yeah, so uh, under uh, Learn More, we're going to have some information about Harriet Beecher Stowe. We're going to have some music that heals, uh, a thing on population decline, uh, Arup's website, some information on GMOs, and some information on plastics. And that's more than we usually put up because. <laughs> Uh, Rook, you uh, gave us a lot of things to think about and our listeners a lot of things to learn more about. So until the next time, Ralph. This is Ralph. And Jim. Saying. Keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together. You too, Rook. Yes, sir. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs>